Welcome to BizBuild Podcast, presented to you by the good folks here at Diamondback Tool Company. I'm the host of the show, Damani, head of sales and media for Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow me at Diamondback underscore Damani, that's D-A-M-A-N-I on Instagram. I'm here, as I will be on every episode, with Connor Crook, CEO of Diamondback Tool Belts. Follow him on Instagram at diamondback.toolbelts. The purpose of BizBuild is to provide listeners an inside track on what it takes to build a business. It is our hope that you can learn from our successes and pitfalls and siphon knowledge from our various expertise so that you can get an edge in the business of building something great. Okay, we've agreed that the contract has to be in writing. Nothing oral can be, no oral changes to contract. Let's orally change that it has to be in writing. There's no wonder why lawyers get paid so much money. This is like, I mean, you got to pay a lot of money to navigate a bunch of bull. But what happens with an oral contract and a job is is change orders. We're working, we're going, man. I'm a contractor. You're the homeowner. And I'm just going, 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 going. And you say, hey, man, before you do this, can you do make this change? And you're just like, oh, my God, I got my bricklayers coming next week. I got this happening next week. I got all this stuff. If you, if I make that change, it sets up that the whole timeline. I got to screw up the whole, I don't have time to run to my lawyer's office and, okay, fine. We'll just make that change. Fine. We'll, we'll worry about it down the road. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then you just screwed up. But that's going to happen. I mean, nothing goes as planned. What do they call it? Murphy's law. What's, <laughs> right. what, what's, who wants this, wrong who wants this house built on time? You do. I don't care. As long as I get paid. Right. It is more of a burden on you than me to get this change order. Yeah, I got to now go down and I got to draft up the form. Maybe my guy on the site, if I'm a larger company, it's my guy's down there. My guy's calling me, hey, owner wants to do it's Stop. Mm-hmm. We are not doing that until this owner signs a piece of paper that says, I'm going to pay extra money to do this. And so that... In a sense, that also shows the person who's asking for the change how much they're really asking for. Because I feel that if I'm a homeowner, I don't really know what's going on. And that's why I hired you. Right. And that's another thing that happens is, you know, you're saying, hey, is it okay if we change this and that and the other? And I say, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm going to bill you down the road. And you were thinking, oh, that's no big deal. Yeah, He's 50 more bucks, whatever. And I'm like, actually, no, we then had to go bring in an engineer and we had to da 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 and it's actually going to cost you 5000 bucks. And you're like, I didn't know that. I, I, had, wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it if I knew that. And now we got a problem. Yeah. Now we got a problem. I had a, had a, had a custom client once. They are getting this antique chair fixed, I think it was. I think it was a chair, a table chair or something. Took it down to the furniture guy and he says, oh, yeah, no problem. I can fix it. It cost you 100 bucks." or whatever it was, some fairly nominal amount of money. Mm-hmm. 18 months later, hey, Damani, I got your chair fixed. It cost $5,000. Wow. And so I go into court with the, the owner of the chair. It's like, Judge, um, I think somewhere along the way, we could have had some communication that... Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's a doctrine in law that says, if you ask me to do something and I do it, you know, I should get paid for it. Reasonable value. Right. Well, if we have two totally divergent ideas of what reasonable value is and expectations, mm-hmm. again, man, it's on you. But well, $100 to $5,000 is Yeah, the a, judge was just like, a big gulf, dude, you, know? you couldn't have called this nice lady and told her that 
it was going to cost 50 times as much. I don't think you're going to get that. Right. Where I'm from, there's a way to get that chair back. You just roll up with a bunch of goons. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm coming to get my chair. Yeah, then you have to hire a different kind of lawyer. <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned this term, this change order, mm -hmm. right? So I just want to go back and just make sure that's very, very clear. So change order is a uh, separate contract that is then attached to the original contract that states what's being amended. It, right, and that's the, that's the proper term. It is an amendment to the contract. We're changing the scope of work to add this thing, and it's going to cost you this much extra. Or it could be the other way. You know, It could be you're going along, and I come to you, and I say, hey, homeowner, you know what? Um, we, we had specced in the original contract that you were going to get architectural shingles. You really don't need those. You can get this... I just got this deal on these other ones. It's, and if you want to change out, it's going to save you a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And you might say, heck yeah. Or you might say, no, no, I want the better ones. Whatever you, whatever the deal is. But then we put a change order. I'm now putting on the less expensive shingles and you are paying less. That's cool. So it can go either way. It's just, just a change. And, if, you know, and, and the reason why most people probably wouldn't do that is because because it's just like an extra step. They feel like they don't want to go the, the extra mile. It's, it's an extra step. And, and really what happens in the real world is not only is it that if I make this change, it's going to take a couple of days to write up the piece of paper and da-da-da-da-da. Now I'm going to just going to jack up my timeline. I got all these subs coming in. The other issue is, is, is where we are in the payment schedule. So many times, <clears throat> happens to lawyers, it happens to contractors, it happens to everybody. It's like... All right, this guy's missed his last payment. There's no way I'm going to get paid. Yeah. I got to just get this darn house project, whatever case, whatever it is finished, and then I'll get paid. Mm -hmm. The For lawyers, it's actually more difficult because once you've appeared in court on somebody's behalf, you can't just walk away without the court's permission. Mm -hmm. The good news is in the construction world, it's a little easier you haven't paid me. It's like, look, man, and the, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to say, houses, I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm not going to say it's always cut and dry. I am going to say before you decide to walk off that job, you need to talk to your lawyer and find out what the repercussions of that walk off are going to be. Mm -hmm. But put down the shovel, man, literally and figuratively. If you are in the hole, the guy hasn't paid you, and you don't think, well, if I just finish. He's he's told me he's gonna get another bank draw, or he's just, or if, if I just do this extra bit of work for him because he's mad at me or whatever, I'm just gonna get paid. I'll be able to put it all to bed. Wrong answer. Uh, if the guy hadn't paid you, you need to go talk to your lawyer about what we do next before I just keep working on that working on that place and digging a hole deeper. Are there other scenarios <clears throat> that pop up that may warrant someone? wanting to walk out, walk off of a job that had nothing to do with getting paid. So I, I guess what I'm thinking of is a situation where I'm working for a client and, you know, we're doing some remodeling or whatever the case may be on a particular house and they're paying me on time for the part or for supplies and all that stuff. Everything's going well. But then I find myself in a situation that's different. For instance, I have an abusive client. Mm -hmm. or uh, or any number of things where they want people to be involved that are people in the house that are making it difficult for me to do the job. Outside of being paid, 
can I then work around a contract scenario to get out of it based off of other things? So that depends on what's in your contract. And that's goes back to the point of when you're drafting your contract, uh, a lot of construction contracts will say the say I'm a a general contractor and I've got subs on the job. I'm going to have in my contract. The homeowner may not talk to my subs. Because that's 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 one of the biggest issues that happens is the homeowner now talks talk, starts talking to the sub about can you make this change can you do this or that the sub may or may not be angry with the general about something and it's just like a, it's like classroom crap mm-hmm. um, people just it gets political mm-hmm. you want to have it you don't talk to my subs my subs don't talk to you mm-hmm. um, other things abusive. <laughs> Man, I have told so many people over the years, there's nothing in that contract that says he has to be nice to you. Hmm. Now, you know, we all want to behave in a professional manner, right. but you can't walk off a job because he said something mean to me, he was not he was nasty to me or whatever. Just put your head down and get the job done. Hmm. On the other hand, don't retaliate. You know, you're just gonna make it worse. Um, you know, these are these are common sense things, but sometimes in the heat of it all, we lose common sense right right well emotions can take over and <clears throat> sure. emotions are that, that, that's a big thing but i know i mean I've, I've seen so many times situations where people walk out and like i'm not doing this anymore because they didn't like a personal relationship right. that's occurring there and they might find themselves in a pretty bad place if yeah they do and, that. and you know the law allow you know breaching a contract you know you and i are soccer fans uh Committing a foul on a soccer game, it's it's maybe more than a foul on a basketball game, but you know, doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you're a bad player. There are times you make a professional foul. Demani's about to score. I'm gonna grab his shirt and throw him on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get a foul call. That's a really me. good foul. Foul goal scored against me. You know, hey, let's let's be smart about this. Mm-hmm. There are places in a contract, and <clears throat> you know, we've been talking a lot about working directly for a homeowner or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a divorce situation sometimes. You know, if you're working for a homeowner, the homeowner has this dream. This is their dream job, their dream house that you're building. You need to understand going into that situation, this is not on a professional level of like cool, calm, and collected. This is, I am in your house. I am making your dream come true. And I have promised that I can make your dream come true. And if I don't, this goes back to uh, uh, the previous recording we were doing about choosing where you want to be on that totem pole of custom work versus I'm going to just work for a property man- management company and go in and, and correct their drywall issues when they have a, a flood in the, in the place. Mm-hmm. Totally different situation. So let's talk. Let's let's step away from that situation and talk about the situation where. <clears throat> It is. You're a property management company. Every now and then, one of your tenants in one of the buildings, you know, lets the water run or whatever. And you've hired me to just say, blanket, cover all of my uh, drywall issues. Mm-hmm. You're tuned in to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm Damani. And I'm Connor Crook. This is not meant to be a slight at drywall contractors at all. This is, this is, we're taking now into the scenario, you're a professional, I'm a professional. Okay. You've contracted, I've agreed to do all of your drywall work and, you know, part of the bargain is you're going to give me all of your work, so I'm doing it a cut rate amount because I got steady work. It's pretty straightforward. 
you know, right, you get whatever. the bulk deal. Yeah, the bulk deal. Okay. All of a sudden, I get this other guy comes to me and says, I've got his job for you, and I, my old drywall guy walked out on me, and I need this stuff done now, and I'm willing to pay a 50% premium over the going rate because i got to get it done. This is a huge job. Mm-hmm. Now i got to ask myself a question here. Man, I could go over in the basement of that property that Damani manages and deal with a flood issue, or I could go and do this, you know, taping and mudding job, brand new construction on some huge job where this new builder has been doing all this great work in town. He's if I do a good job on this, maybe he'll hire me to do all of his other jobs. Mm-hmm. I like Damani; he's a good guy, mm-hmm. but his money is enticing. This money's enticing, okay? Again, it's sort of like the professional foul here. It's called a, you know, it's a breach of contract. Yeah. I'm going to walk out on Damani. Now, if I'm a nice guy, I'm going to say, hey, Damani, dude, I got this fantastic job coming up. I got to take this. And if Damani's a cool person. He might say, go do it and come back. Come back, man. The property's going to be here. But, you know, let's say it doesn't go that way. Okay. So what happens when that happens is now, okay, I I breached the contract. You know, I'm in fault here. I breached the contract. I walked out on you, and you're calling me and going, dude, I got this whole mildew issue building up, and what? where are you? And I'm like, I'm doing this other job. I'm getting paid, dog. Okay. Chasing the bag. So here's the deal. I now owe you, mm-hmm. okay? Right. I owe you to – it's on me, mm-hmm. essentially. It's a little more complicated than this, but basically I'm going to end up paying you to go find somebody else. Mm. And if I make the decision in my head that – Okay, I'm going to walk out on Damani. He's going to have to go find somebody else to do this crap work while I go and do this good work. But I'm going to make 10x over here versus x over here. I might have to pay 2x. To this I might have to pay yeah. 2x to the new guy who's coming in to take over this job, but... I'm still making 8x. I'm still making 8. <laughs> hey, I'm working with you. I'm following <laughs> you. So... It doesn't make me a bad person. Right, it makes right. me a business person. Right. It's like, here's a better opportunity. And, you know, again, let's put the cards on the table. Damani, I'm out of here. I know this guy. He's new guy in town. He's hungry. Mm-hmm. Let me set you up with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to charge you more, I know, because it's that. It's so I'll cover what you have to pay him Excellent. above what you were paying me. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's, be on, let's be above board about it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a conversation I, seem, I feel like <clears throat> is it's hard for a lot of people to have. Sure it is. Um, it's your honor. Right. Like, I got this contract with you, man. I promise to do it. Yeah. And part of you wants to say, morally, ethically, I should stick with you. But I'm in business, dude. And business is business. You hear this in the movies. You know, it's, it's not personal. It's business, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is business. Yeah. I feel I, I feel like in your lawyering or in your ex- experience as a lawyer, you've probably ran into more situations than not that could have been resolved by two people just sitting down and being like, let's, let's figure this out. How, how can we both benefit? Yes. Uh, or where's the compromise? So I, I was a litigator. A litigator is like a surgeon. Mm-hmm. I had a partner who was a transactional lawyer. That's like your family doctor, mm-hmm. right? So you come to me when you got to have heart surgery. You talked to my old partner, Tim, when, you know, he was the guy who was going to tell you, dude, you got to stop eating the fatty bacon and burgers. Right, I see. And every time you go to see your primary care doctor, it costs you 20 or 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. When you go see the surgeon, mm-hmm. 10000 
Same in the practice of law. People would come into my office and I'm just thinking, my God, had you gotten that contract, hired my partner to do that contract for you, you wouldn't be in here now with some contract that you pulled off the internet that doesn't make a bit of sense, doesn't apply to what you're doing, and has gotten you in this mess. And now you're going to have to pay me a ton of money. Or what you just said of, even if you're in that situation of, we're breaking up. We got his breakup. I was like, okay, well, let's let's try to sit down as mono a mono people here, and let's try to be smart about it. If we can't, mm-hmm. let's go find somebody who can help us. There, you know, here at the court in in Charlottesville, where I used to practice, the judge would start court, general district court, when there's a lot of people, you know, fighting over stuff less than twenty thousand dollars or whatever, which is a lot of money. But you know, we start the court by then. We have a mediator back there in the back. Mm-hmm. It's not free. Right, but you need to talk to that person first. You've already paid for it. Mm-hmm. Your taxes paid for that mediator to be here. Mm-hmm. If you think that you can sit down with the person on the other side as a human being, as an intelligent person, and this third-party mediator and come up with a resolution, you might both walk out of there a little bit angry, mm-hmm. but also a little bit satisfied. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you put it in my chair, I'm going to sit up here and I might make you real happy and that other guy real mad or vice versa. Or, or you both be pissed off. Or you off. both be just angry because you mm-hmm. lost control of the situation and I did what I thought was the right thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So It's sort of like the, 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 the story in the Bible with the, the, uh, the woman who had the child. And then Solomon. The woman, yeah, the woman came and stole her child and the, and the judge was like, I'll just chop, chop the baby in half. You both can have it. Hey. You know? <laughs> no one's going to be happy with that, right? Um, I, you know, my dad used to say to me, he said, son, I, I like to quote my dad a lot. He was a, a pretty wise guy, um, not a mobster. But he used to say, one of the best things you could learn is how to realize when something's over. So it's best to know when something's over and when it's finished. Yep. And when you get to the point where you're going into arbitration, I believe that one of the big problems there is one party or both don't want to admit that you're not going to move forward together anymore. So the best thing that you could possibly do is figure out how you can amicably split. Yep. As opposed to fighting for keeping something together or penalizing or being punitive to the other party. Let's just get out of here with the least amount of wounds. Well, I want to touch on a couple of things you just said because one of them is very important. Arbitration is not mediation. It's, 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 it's a common misconception. So, it's, so <clears throat> you know, we all know what court is. You go to court. There's judges and lawyers and all that. Mm-hmm. I need to know these things. <laughs> mediation is it's a non-binding thing. We're going to sit down with a mediator who is going to try to kind of help, like a, a family counselor or whatever, and try to help you work out your differences and let's come up with an agreement. We'll sign off on it and say, okay, this contract's over. I'm going to pay you this. I'm going to finish up this couple of things, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Arbitration is like private justice. Mm-hmm. It means, well, the court system takes forever. And court systems around the country, they're just packed up. You might not get a trial date for two or three years. Mm-hmm. Arbitration says, okay, we're going to hire this retired judge or whatever it is. Uh, There's private companies out there that do arbitration. Mm -hmm. And we're essentially going to rent a room at a a school or in a hotel. I've I've done one in a hotel uh, conference room. And we're going to essentially have a trial 
with a retired judge or whoever the arbitrator is in a hotel suite somewhere. And at the end of the day, we've all agreed that whatever that guy decides, that's it. No appeals, no nothing. All right, so you go and you basically are going and signing a contract saying, when I go into this room, I'm accepting of whatever happens when exactly. I come out. Exactly. Whereas the mediation, uh-huh. all you're do- agreeing to is, I'm going there, I'm going to see if I can work something out. Mm-hmm. So two very different things, and a lot of people get, get those confused. Um, the other thing about when it's over, this goes back to my contract, my, my earlier statement about there's nothing in the contract that says the dude's going to be nice to you. I don't care if the other guy on the side on the other side of the contract was the biggest SOB there ever was and you'd want to kill him. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. Be smart. One thing that every lawyer knows <clears throat> is when the, when their client comes in and, and, and says, it's about the principle of the thing. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. You're done. Principle of the thing? You got your principles. I got my principles too. Mm-hmm. Mr. Law- I'm Mr. Lawyer now. My lawyer hat's on. When you come in and tell me it's about the principles, I'm going to say, all right, Damani, you now need to give me a retainer of $15,000. Because I know that you are being completely irrational. You have forgotten about let's resolve this thing so that I get away with the losing the least amount of money. It's get you're, back. You're out for the pound of flesh. And, yeah. baby, mm-hmm. I don't want to have – if I'm going to have to deal with you, mm-hmm. you go pay me up front because, of course, you're not going to get what you want. Right. The judge is not going to say, all right, Damani, you can now go kick that guy's butt. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. Right. So I'm not going to be able to get you what you want. So I'm going to say, all right, you're paying me up front. Pay me everything up front. I'll put it in my, in my trust account. And so I know I'm getting paid because you're going to go. Because at the end of the day, you could be mad at the other dude and you'll be mad at me. And you'll be mad at the whole darn world. You're probably because mad a, at the whole but, damn world to begin with. Because it's about the principle of the thing. Uh-uh. Right. About the principle. Uh, that is That is like... That's like the thing that the lawyer's just like, oh my goodness, I got that guy again. Mm. Be smart. Be a business person. Mm. Just realize it went bad. I thought I could trust that guy and I wasn't able to trust him. Or maybe it wasn't that I couldn't trust him. Maybe, maybe his wife left him in the middle of the deal. Maybe his dog died. Who knows know why happening in that everything life. fell apart, yeah. but it fell apart. Yeah. Now let's just try to salvage what we can so I don't lose any more money than I got to and you don't lose any more time than you got to and let's move on. And, and, and something I learned a long time ago is that you really don't change people. So no. Like, so, you know, beating something in the head for the principal. 45-year-old man comes in there and tells you something. Mm-mm. You ain't going to change his mind. I heard somewhere that once you hit 45, you are who you are. <laughs> After that, <laughs> thank goodness I got another year to make myself a decent human being. Right, right. That's it. <laughs> um, so, there's got to be a way to get out of a contract in a good way. Yeah. Right. So we, we're talking. We've been talking a lot about you know when crap hits the fan. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just say. What's the civil way of going about it? Sure. There are lots of ways. Um, So, you know, we talked about business entities in another episode. And in there, I said, you know, if you when you have that agreement with your partner, the first thing you need to make sure is there's a divorce clause in there. And by that, I mean, 
at the end of the day, you're going to go your way. I'm going to go my way. I'm going to buy you out. You're going to buy me out. However it works. We just have that put in place and we understand this is what's going to happen. In contracts, um, <clears throat> sign the prenup. Pretty much, um, in, in a contract, there are ways to sort of do similar things that say, you know, this is going to be the schedule of work, and if if these things aren't met, then this is what's going to happen. Mm. You got to understand, you know, we all get into relationships or whatever, and we think, man, I just met this girl. She's the greatest. She's the greatest woman in the world. I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with her. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is America is 2019, 50% of marriages end in divorce. You find out really fast <laughs> that she squeezes the toothpaste from the top of the tube, and this is unacceptable, and she won't change. That's right. So when you're going into Why a contract. do con- people do that? When you're going into a contract, spell it all out. Spell out, this is what I expect you to do. This is what I'm going to do. And if this doesn't happen... Here's what's going to happen because it gives you control of the situation. It's just like the mediation versus going to trial. Mediation, I might not like how everything rolls out of there, but at least I got control of the situation. Whereas when I go to court, I'm going to be sitting there at a table. My lawyer's going to be beside me. You could be sitting across from me. I'm going to be giving you the stink eye with your lawyer sitting next to you. And we're putting on evidence before this judge up there who's going to be following a bunch of rules. I don't understand. You don't understand. And we're just like pawns in the game at that point in time. Spell it out in the contract. If you don't pay me, then I'm going to have X days to take my stuff off the thing. Or I give you notice that something else is wrong. Get as much information as you can in that contract. It provides the roadmap, not just for success, but the roadmap for lack of success, for a better term. You know, it's, again, just because a contract not... There can be very valid reasons that contracts don't work out. One is I got a better offer somewhere else. I'm going to leave you on the hook, but yeah, I'm going to be responsible for helping you out. You also have a responsibility to mitigate your damages. You can't just say, crook walked out on me. I'm just going to sit here and my whole building's going to flood. No, you got to, there's right. an obligation on your part to stand up. Mm-hmm. And it might be that Damani's child got sick and he had to be in the hospital at the hospital every day for two weeks. And that's why there are a lot of reasons contracts don't work out and we can put it into the contract. That's what it is. The contract is the roadmap. (laughs) For what to follow when things are working and when they're not working. Exactly. That's why we have the contract. You know, it says down on on you, I will refer to your list again. I'm looking over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Choice of law and venue. That's like, okay, well, if something doesn't work out, Damani's in Michigan, I'm in Virginia. Well, let's figure out beforehand... If something doesn't work out, where we will go to court? Mm-hmm. Whose laws are we going to follow? We will follow the Michigan laws or Virginia laws. They might be different in substantive ways. Mm-hmm. We can spell all that out ahead of time so that you don't file suit against me in Michigan and I file suit against you in Virginia, and then we have to have a whole fight about where we go fight. I feel like we're just throwing money away at this point. You're just throwing money away at this point. That's why you invest in the best tool, and one of the best tools here is your contract. Invest in it. Pay a good lawyer to put your contract together at the beginning so that you've invested and you don't end up spending more money down the road. Can I find a good contract on the internet? No. Because there's a lot of them on there. The most expensive tool you ever buy is the one you didn't pay enough for. Wow. That's deep. This is business of building, man.
I know you got a whole lot out of that. <laughs> Stay tuned for more episodes. We're going to get more into everything that you need to know about the business of building something great. I'm Damani. That's Connor. We're your people, yo. Peace. You've just been listening to the Biz Build Podcast. I'm your host, Damani. Follow me on Instagram at Diamondback underscore Damani. That's D-A-M-A-N-I. Or follow Connor on Instagram at Diamondback.toolbelts. You can also find more about Diamondback by visiting our YouTube page or Facebook page. Hope you enjoyed what you heard here today, and we look forward to you joining us again on our next episodes. Take care. Don't forget to like and subscribe. 